Hey, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? It's Alex Afondi, the Acquisition Entrepreneur. It is good to have you with me. Here we are together again on this podcast. So I've always been an early riser, which is something I'm really proud of. Um, I usually, prior to like last week, I would set my alarm at about 5, and that was my intention. But I'd actually get out of bed at, say, 5.30, 5.40, uh, because my gym actually doesn't open until 6. Point is, is that this week, I started waking up actually at 4.45 and getting out of bed by 5. Uh, I do about a 20-minute, you know, like Alex time. I meditate, mind is clear, and then I go for a run. And in the mornings, even though California is typically warm in the morning it's cold and um, it's it's been pretty cool what I want to talk to you about today in terms of the business is venture capital and or not even and or only venture capital what I'll talk about in a different podcast or episode is angel investing right So venture capital is powerful. Venture capital is a powerful, powerful tool that our economy here in the U.S. has um, because it actually is the engine behind a tremendous amount, I should say tremendous quantity of uh, companies that have become household items. And without venture capital, there's no way in hell these companies would have become what they are right? Um, Uber is a prime example. Lyft is another prime example. Uh, TaskRabbit. I mean, just to name a few, there's a tremendous amount. So when someone has an idea and they want to bring it to market, you know, it's rare that I don't want to say it's rare, but it's pretty difficult to turn it into what they call in the industry a unicorn. Now, what's a unicorn? A unicorn is an Uber. A company that is so successful that it becomes, you know, like overnight. Remember like in 2012, my friend David um, came up to me and is like, yeah, man, you know, I had a date and I was cool and, you know. And I was like, oh, where'd you go? Isn't that like, oh, man, just don't drink and drive. You know, it's crazy. And he goes, oh, no, I don't do that. I Uber. I was like, what is that? I thought he was talking some foreign language. I was like, no, dude, I Uber. You don't know what that is? I'm like, I have no idea what that is. And, you know, if it was just me or you trying to start Uber without venture capital money, eh, pretty difficult. It it just is. So... You have an idea, you're an entrepreneur, and you want venture capital money. You want money, period, right? So there are stages in the investment fundraising uh, realm that you've got to take. First off, it's called bootstrapping, right? That's just to establish the uh, corporation, uh, get the idea, get some, you know, initial... uh, 
drawings or what have you, right? And then you go to friends and family and fools. That's what they call them. They call them the FFF. These are people who definitely believe in you. And if they didn't believe in you, they wouldn't put money with you. Then once you have a bit of traction, uh, you're going to go to angel investors. Well, how do you find an angel investor? We'll talk about that more on an episode, on a different episode, or more specifically on a different episode. But angel investors, honestly, LinkedIn, you guys, just put in the search button angel investor and you'll get about, I don't know, three to 4,000. There's also angel investing groups out there that you can go and pitch your idea to. Uh, what is the purpose of angel investing? Um, angel investors like ideas that will make it to the venture capital world. Why? Because that's where the money is. That's when their valuation of the company quadruples overnight, right? So you reach out to an angel investor and you pitch your idea and he or she will either give you money or not. Typically, they give it to you uh, as a loan. They give, the com they give it to the company actually as a loan. Uh, in best case scenario, you're not personally liable for it because angel investment round could be a million dollars. It's not far-fetched that it's $5 million, but the sweet spot is about a million. So you raise money from investors and then you got a, you got a concept, man. You got, you got users, you got buyers, you got platforms, you got fans, you got, you got what you want. The next step is to go to venture capital. I think it would help you to understand how venture capital gets its money. So the venture capital firms, how they get their money. Angel investors spend their own money, right? So you've got to be super careful. And there's nothing I can stress, stress more than keeping them updated on a constant basis. Not every day, but at least at least twice a month. Once a month is acceptable. Twice a month is very appreciated. Because remember, you guys, these are people who left money, gave you money. This is not a this is a big deal. This is a big deal. So again, it would help to understand how venture capital is structured and what the hierarchy is. So, uh, VC firms go out and basically they, they strike deals with uh, massive companies such as insurance companies that are sitting on a whole bunch of reserves, right? They can invest it. So, uh, another one is like 401ks. Like here in California, I think it's called CalPERS or something, California whatever it is, but it's massive, right? Also endowment funds, so the Harvards, the Ohio States, the USC's, you know, these, these guys are sitting on a whole bunch of money that they can actually invest. These are just to name a few, but the most common one is actually retirement funds. That's why I don't believe in them because they make other people a whole lot more money than they make you. So now they're sitting on a bunch of retirement funds and this venture capital firm reaches out to them 
and they say, you know, um, we got plans to invest in this and that business, and we want a hundred million dollars from the retirement fund. And if the retirement fund gives the venture capital firms the money, in that case, they become what's called a limited partner, LP. Limited partners cannot make decisions. They can basically direct you as to what industry they like or don't like, but the money's yours. Interestingly enough, limited partners get charged an annual percentage to, and I'm using quotes here, to keep the lights on. So now the venture capital firm tells the LP, the limited partner, you know, appreciate the money, thank you very much. We charge you 1% to 2%, it's typically 2 so we can pay staff and have desks and, you know, phones and what have you. Now, in that case, the venture capital fund becomes a... Um, Essentially, a general a general partner, um, and general partner is is just that they generally operate business and they make decisions and this and that and this thing, right? So, um, that in turn becomes money they can invest investable funds. So they go out and find deals, right? So assume a v a VC fund comes up on a app. And they love it. Like take TaskRabbit, for example, right? They invest in it. They inject money, say $10 million, $5 million, uh, maybe 20 maybe 50 depending on the case. They inject money in it. It runs really well for a few years. They put the founder on a salary. Now they have a board. It's a full-blown full company. And uh, at some point, a company like IKEA approaches the majority owner and the founder and basically the board and say, oh my God, we love this thing. What are you making? Well, this year we made $20 million off of this app. Great, I'll buy it for 100 right? Um, I don't know what the figures are, but there's a lot of companies that sell at about, you know, four to five multiple, not far-fetched at all. So now IKEA pays $100 million for the app, Guess who benefits? Everyone. Right? So the limited partner gets their money back in addition to all the profit made off of the sale minus 20% that goes to the VC. Okay? So there is limited, just to reiterate, limited partners or like the endowment funds or what have you, they give money to the general partners and they get charged 2% to keep the lights on. The uh, GPs go out and find deals like Angie's List. You know what I mean? That's why if you ever want to play in that kind of, in that kind of field, you've got to be extremely careful. You've got to be so smart to walk away with some equity. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys recall... This company called Angie's List, basically connecting contractors with people who need them and so on and so forth. It was a profitable company and Angie walked away 
And I don't know where I was. I might have been in Indiana, Indianapolis, like five years ago when I was getting engaged to, to, to this wonderful uh, woman who lived in Indiana at the time, but things didn't work out overall. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, Angie's List. So I was curious and I looked it up and it turns out that Angie, the founder of Angie's List, actually walked away with like half a percent, maybe a percent of her own company. Imagine that. Imagine. So... Yeah, you want money, but you can't you can't give up the farm. It's it's a pretty dangerous play. Uh, if you can, by all means, you guys play it. If you start a successful company, you know, the the GPs, if they like you, they'll take care of you. You know? But you've got to work for it. They'll take care of you to to a point that they'll give you a, a healthy salary, a salary that you know, deserving of a CEO, they'll even like, you can sell some equity off some of your own equity for a pretty decent price, like $10,000, you know what I mean, depending on how much you own, but, and that's called take the edge off, you know, imagine that. So now you got, you know, $10,000 and just one check, uh, minus 60% for, for Uncle Sam. You're left with four. Not too bad. I don't have it now. So you get the idea. So, you know, if you want to play in that field, I just wanted to kind of give you a, a, a little explanation as to what VCs are. In terms of consolidating business, this is not a VC play. They will probably not be interested because you're too small for them. You know, you're buying mom and pop. Um, it, it's just not a market they're typically interested in. They're interested in high-growth, fast-growth companies, you know, the ones in Silicon Valley, basically. Um, anyway, guys, just kind of wanted to leave you with that. Uh, next episode will be about angel investing. I am also hosting a financial... Um, she, she works as a... She's not a financial advisor. I'm actually not a fan of financial advisors. <laughs> But uh, she basically educates different, I mean, various individuals on how to save money and how to be financially literate. So uh, I understand, you know, some of you may not have a complete financial literacy. It's extremely important to have that. So I am going to host her. Her name is uh, Megan Dorsey. I met her yesterday at the Long Beach Young Professionals uh, meeting. You know, that said, you guys... You got to network. You got to go out and network. And, uh, you know, I think I think Megan will have some good advice for you. Uh, that said, hope you enjoyed my podcast and uh, be well.